how are we doing? Joe Mason, first in the room again. <laughs> hey, Lee, how are you doing? Yeah, good man, good man. Gallen, how you doing, bro? Uh, Livy, how you doing? Boytel, how you doing? Dan, Ben, Scarlet, Bridge, loads of people from Twitter. That's awesome. How you been doing, Lee? You've been busy, haven't you? Yeah, I've been busy, mate. But uh, yeah, I'm in Brazil, so it's a bit more relaxed here. Thankfully, we were, we were let out the weekend. So oh, little, right. Had a little barbecue. <laughs> do, you know what, do, you know what's, do you know what's amazing out here in Brazil that I, you, you would never expect? Like, the Birmingham accent is cool out here. Like, people really like it because um, <laughs> of, of Peaky Blinders. So after, like, years of being in the shadows and trying to, um, trying to hide it, I was there. I was in a bar, <laughs> and like just women coming up to me. And I'm, I'm actually trying to sound more brubby. I did. They just fawning over it. This is never happened. Any Birmingham guys in the chat? Listen, leave everything. Leave your homes. <laughs> go, out, go out into the world, man. This is our time because of Peaky Blinders. So that was oh good. God, but obviously, but apart from that, um, obviously it's really, really busy at the moment. Um, things are moving so fast in the crypto space. That, um just staying on top of it, but obviously really exciting, man. So we'll have a we'll have a good talk today about everything. Chidi, yeah. you got um you got uh you got an iPhone. <laughs> Loads of people in the chat. Couldn't uh Amaru, how are you, bro? Um so yeah, we'll just wait. Who are we waiting for? Oh, so Big Zoo is gonna come in in the last 20 minutes because I think we're gonna get even more technical than I'm gonna understand for the first 20 minutes about NFTs. Um, and then Taylor is probably going to come in the last 20 minutes to talk about what we talked about today. Um, if everyone saw it, we just had a big announcement in Music Business Worldwide that we're going to be selling the first ever music copyright NFT on Thursday. And it's actually a chance to own a piece of a track from Big Zoo's upcoming album, which means unlike other NFTs, which we're going to talk about later, where you just, you own, you know, obviously speculative what you actually own, well, you own an NFT. Um, with buying a music copyright, you're going to get paid every month the same as you would if you're a musician. So it's really exciting. And then with what we're launching on Blue Box Exchange, you will be able to trade that copyright um, eventually for something like a house or, or any other kind of NFT asset. But anyway, before I go into all that, I think we'll give it a few more minutes. But um, NFT Ignition, sorry, what's your first name? Because you, uh, you were late Ignition. I'm really glad you're here. But um, do you want to just introduce yourself to everyone? Yeah, um, so my name is Danielle. Um, I'm uh, really heavy, deep into the NFT community. Uh, I'm personally working with like 14 projects right now. Amazing. Um, and 11 of them, or 12, have NFTs. So. Awesome. How did, you, how did you get into crypto originally? Um, so it was actually back in August. I was just scrolling through Facebook and read... Um, there was some ad about like, you know, the next big generational transfer of wealth and um, like it was obviously a scam, but I was just reading the comments and like 100 people in a row were like Bitcoin, Bitcoin. And I was like, OK, I, I don't know what this is, but clearly I need to have some. So, um, you know, I started doing my research and then found out about NFTs in October with meme. And it was like a rabbit hole like <laughs> now i'm uh, working 20 hours a day with you know all these different projects it's it's crazy yeah, like yeah. how much my life has changed that's i think i think that's the problem most people having coming into it it's it, obviously if you're not from a crypto background as well 
it's like, man, there's so much going on every day. Where am I going to start and how can I use this, obviously, for my benefit? Um, so, yeah, man, so it's going to be really good talking to you today and getting some insights on what people can do. Um, I just yeah, said, sure. people, Quezzy, how you doing? Foz is in the room. Um, Wendy, uh, loads of people from um, from Twitter and stuff. So, yeah, so the, the general um, itinerary for today, I made some notes, man. Um, so we're going to talk about what are NFTs. We're going to talk about the Beeple sale. We're going to talk about musicians entering this space and what they can do um, to, you know, to start. Is it too late to enter this space? Has it already has it already sailed? Have I missed, you know, the rush? Um, how do you mint NFTs? How do you get on some of the bigger websites to sell the NFTs? And then James is going to talk to me about how Blue Box and Oculus and the two companies that I'm launching going to help artists um launch nfts so i think we're all good to start got a lot of people in that's awesome okay so just you want to just introduce yourself first yeah okay yeah cheers thanks um thanks lee uh hi everybody uh, my name is james stoffard i'm the host of crypto pig uh do sort of like videos online on youtube and twitter about um Bitcoin, cryptocurrencies, and uh, NFTs as well. Um, I'm also uh, just started my uh, new role at Trustology, which is a custodian wallet, um, which I started today. So that was good fun. Back-to-back uh, -back meetings literally all day and then jumping on Clubhouse to talk to you guys. <laughs> uh, but um, uh, yeah, so all, all good fun. And uh, during the sort of bull market, we don't really get uh, any time off when, uh, when <laughs> this kind of uh, industry anyway. Uh, but yeah, I've been in the space, uh, got involved in Bitcoin back in 2014, but I didn't really buy enough of it to retire, unfortunately. Um, and then uh, 2017 got got into it, made a lot of money, lost a lot of money in 2018. <laughs> um, but, you know, I'm still here and I'm still sticking with it. And I love the space. I love everything about it. All right, James. So the first question I'll give to you, James, can you explain in the most basic terms possible, please? what an nfc actually is yep it's a good question because of course it's getting a lot of hype and so there's a lot of people that are getting very confused about this basically with cryptocurrencies you have um you have basically your normal tokens which are you know just like um a dogecoin or a bitcoin which is nothing unique about it every bitcoin is the same as any other bitcoin right you can swap them uh, you swap your Bitcoin with somebody else's Bitcoin and never know the difference. What an NFT is, it's a non-fungible token. This is where instead of it being a coin on the blockchain, it's actually a unique um, item. And that can be anything that's data, basically. So it can be art, it can be music, it can be video, it can be uh, text, it could be or anything you can save on a computer or on a network, you can actually turn into an NFT. Um, and because they're unique and can't be replicated, that's where the value is in them. You can trade them with other people. You can uh, you sell them on a marketplace and you can buy them and you can create your own. So there's loads of, you know, the big kind of breakthrough of this kind of technology is the idea that things that, you know, normally you couldn't sell uh, very easily uh, or even to or like prove ownership of you can do that with an NFT, right? So digital art obviously is the biggest example of that right now, guys, which is where, um, you know, somebody creates something in Photoshop or whatever and puts it on the net. 
well, you can't normally prove ownership of, a, of a, a, an image like that, whereas with an NFT, you can, you can trace it back. Um, I think that some of the best examples I've heard of this is like comparing it to master recordings. So if you have the NFT, if you own the actual original NFT, it's like owning the master recording. Uh, anything else out there is just just a, a duplicate. Uh, hopefully that does that does explain it kind of well enough. I mean, hopefully it does. Yeah, I'll, I'll go to Danielle in a second. So basically, I'm going to get Vital up in a second. Guys, if you've got any questions as we go, um, tweet me on, on Twitter. It's just CEO Lee Parsons, uh, your question. And then Vital's going to check it and we'll make sure we ask them. Or you can just raise your hand, but we'll try and just do it in, in a bit of order. Um, it is Danielle, isn't it? Yep. Yep. Um, I would say one other thing about NFTs that's really cool is that... Um, like the average person can buy high quality art and like verify it themselves. You can start a collection, you can do all of these things that in the normal world you would need a professional to be there and to like evaluate your your fancy pieces of art or tell you the value of it. But in the NFT space, you can kind of like be your own curator and, and all that and um, really, um, there's just so much opportunity for small artists to make a lot of money, kind of find their place, um, for people to to learn about art again. Like it's been something that's been devalued for so long. And um, here's this opportunity, like if you touch money to it and the average person can do it, like it's gonna go really far. Okay, so on that subject then of people being able to sell to communities, I think a lot of people are just looking at them thinking, all right, the Kings of Leon, I've just raised $2 million for an NFT. I'm going to put an NFT out tomorrow and I'm going to make money. I don't think it's that easy, but where is the best place for a musician to start? Is, is, it, is it too late, do you think, already for them to, to look at this with the, with the amount of hype that's going on? Not at all. I think the best place is definitely within the community. Uh, we have a very strong community of artists and people that... Um, kind of all work together and we all support each other like telegram and and discord and getting into some of these chats and getting to know these people um you meet one collector and and you're set like you just so need to where right sorry where are the, where are those where are those telegrams and discord groups and just so people can get the addresses um honestly the best one i think for artists um is twerky club <laughs> like the yeah. twerky pepe um, so, sorry just, sorry i don't want to start again but if when you say artists is that is that musicians as well? Is music counted or do you just mean yeah. painting? Yeah, art? there's a lot of musicians um, in the NFT world. I don't think people realize how many are out there. Um, like Groovy Finance is an NFT music project. They have a telegram that's all musicians and all people who are into NFTs. Um, mm. I mean, that's the kind of people you really need to meet. You, you show them your work and um, you can get a lot of support that way. Amazing. And, and when they're showing them their work, is that is that a song is that artwork what exactly what what are they actually yeah, making into the above. NFT? so whatever they want yeah they actually have um songs on nfts that you can redeem for a record that they send you in the mail and everybody involved through smart contracts gets an equal portion um even the person that made the art for it and all that so it's a pretty cool project and they have um sign lock coming that has been out for a while but that's pretty much going to be like um like the i um i store or whatever the, the music store is for like nft music all right amazing 
There's... Just once, just once more. Can you just give everyone those names and maybe spell it? Just I don't want anyone for, to to I just to uh, miss yeah. it. Yeah, um, well, they're connected projects. You can find them um, on just, it's groovy, like G-R-O-O-V-Y dot finance. Amazing, amazing. James, I know you've yep. sold a few NFTs or tried to. I don't know how it went. <laughs> <laughs> Anyone bought them? Probably not. Um, uh, well, you know what? This, I, actually, I actually set up um, uh, a page for my daughter because, you know, my daughter's a bit of an artist. Amazing at all. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah, she's really, really good, bless her. Um, I, I have bought um, some of her NFTs. <laughs> but I tell you what, one of the things that is really important about the space for NFTs is the, like um, like Daniel said, the community. Um, people are really, like, good at sharing each other's work. Um, and it's very supportive. In fact, a lot of people in the space buy each other's work as well. So you'll have artists buying other artists' work. And it's kind of, it's this very cool kind of dynamic going on. Um, but going back to your question about um, musicians, I think that they're definitely, there's definitely so much more room uh, for musicians to get into this space. Uh, definitely, like Daniel said, there are definitely low, low, like musicians in the space selling music by NFTs, but it's nowhere near um, the sort of like massive sort of pitch fever we've seen with art. Um, it's there, but it's not yet as big, I don't think, as the the art side of it. So there's definitely lots of room there. Um, so I, I think that there's going to be a lot of uh, a lot of musicians getting into that space. And there's quite a few projects working on ways to um, to actually have an NFTs where it's sort of say for example you're buying a bit of music. Um, at the moment, if you put an NFT on the the blockchain. People can see your image, right? Your your piece of art, and they can they could copy it and paste it and all the stuff. They still don't own it by doing that. It's the same as taking a photo of a big, you know, of the Mona Lisa. It's not the real thing. But um, there are companies that are looking at ways to stop that happening, so that you have to buy the NFT to be able to display it properly. Um, and the same is going for the music side of things as well. So you'll have like I don't know, like a, a, a watermarked version of the audio, and then it's not until you actually buy the NFT that you get the the, the NFT the music without that watermark on it. So there's some cool stuff going on in regards to IP protection as well. Um, so yeah, there's some great and, developments. And so, so I think the, over, the overarching point here is that we are still really early. So yes. if you are watching the news every day and panicking that you know someone else is earning a million dollars and don't worry too much there's also something else you know to know in this industry uh you know price, prices can get pushed up in things you know there, there can be a lot of manipulation so when you see some of these huge sales um mm. you know don't i, I can't really talk too much because working in the industry but you know you never know what's genuine and what's not genuine we we're entering the the height of the crypto bull market now and, you know, if you were here in seven, 2017 and you watched it kind of go up and down, then this is what happens. You know, we'll suddenly get something go huge. And then after it goes down, you, all the real work, you know, starts and then the actual products will come over the next few years. So don't get too taken back by by what's happening today. You're talking about an industry over the next 10 years that is going to be completely changed. You know, the music industry is ripe for change and NFTs are really um, important to that. And that's what we'll talk about later um, with the Bluebot stuff. If, you, if you've just come in the chat, hello, how you doing? I'll shout a few people out if I've missed you. Um, 
can't, it's, it's, my phone's been a bit slow. But so basically, uh, Big Zoo is going to come on in about um, 30 minutes and talk about what we're doing. Uh, Taylor is also going to come in and talk about the, um, the upcoming sale of his music copyright NFT, which is the first ever sale of a music copyright. And it's also being split into 10 sections via a product that we've been launching. Um, but today it's really just about getting as much knowledge for musicians about what they should be doing about NFTs. If you have a question, um, you can just put your hand up actually, or if you want to just use a hashtag vital, do we have a hashtag? Uh, I was thinking potentially like NFT music, just something simple. There might be another one called that. Probably not. Yeah, there probably won't be. Or just tweet at me on Twitter. But if you've got a question, I want to make sure we get as much knowledge out to everybody as every, to everyone as possible. Um, Galen, I invited you in. Galen's one of my investors. <laughs> Thought, uh, <laughs> hey, how are you doing, bro? Um, anything you want to add on the? Obviously, Galen's investing in a lot of um, huge crypto projects, and he's been working in space for a while. Um, what do you th What do you think um, for someone coming into this space is the best place to start for, regarding NFTs? And what, is there anything you think they should know? Yeah, sure. So you know, this space is growing super, super fast, right? And you know, being in this industry for a few years now. This is something truly extraordinary because for the first time in many, many years is that uh, people can basically participate in this really huge uh, mo social movement compared to, let's say, traditionally buying Bitcoins, uh, you know, buying, you know, farming DeFi, right? NFT is something that is much more accessible compared to, let's say, other crypto assets. Uh, you, we've already seen it with the NBA Top Shots. We've seen it with Beeple. This really resonates with uh, different people currently um, globally, um, you know, in, in this trend. Now, the reason why we've seen uh, a huge phenomenal growth in the NFT space is because we've seen a whole generation of people that's just basically lived uh, their entire life digitally. Now, these are people who are born after early 2000s, where... They've never seen dial-up. They've never seen, you know, um, you know, internet modems, and they've never seen floppy disks. But they've lived their whole life on the internet. So what we've seen a phenomenon is people from collecting stamps, collecting, you know, um, share certificates, etc. Is that people are collecting stuff that are fully, fully digital, and that resonates with them. So uh, through this really huge change, what we're not, what we're seeing here, I, in my perspective is not just a pure hype, but there's actually tangible people entering into this, this, this space and just really collecting a variety of items that they like to collect. So, you know, music, I, I believe, is the next frontier. And uh, I believe strongly that this will be the next multi-billion or even multi-trillion dollar industry. Yeah, amazing. Should we talk about people just for a second? Because obviously, I'm sure a lot of people in this room know that the, we just had the, the biggest auction ever at Christie's for an NFT and he raised $69, $69 million for digital artwork. Um, I guess, Danielle, I guess a lot of people are wondering why anyone would pay that. Are they, are, they, are they buying it because they think it will go up in price? And how do we get some of that money? Quick. So what, what do we do? <laughs> um, well, I think if you look at a history of people's other work, um, and the prices that it's gone for, like, $69 million doesn't really seem that outrageous, considering it's 
you know, um, 5,000 of his pieces of work put together and you can zoom in and look at each, like you own all 5,000 of those pieces, um, which each one of those pieces individually have maybe sold for, you know, $700,000 or million or five million or whatever. So you put 5,000 of them together. <laughs> That's a lot, <laughs> a lot of work, a lot of art. Um, um, are you familiar with some of his pieces? I mean, they're they're pretty amazing. Yeah, they are. But I guess my question is, is it being bought by people who want the pieces or are people collecting them to sell them after this, believing that the hype will keep going? Um, both. I mean, in order for collectors to make money on art, there has to be somebody that like genuinely wants it on the other end or there's no point in flipping it. There's you can't just have a whole bunch of people flipping things. You have to have people that actually want it in order for that to work. Mm. Yeah, go on, I, I, yeah, go on James. Yeah, no, I was going to say, I, I, I think that with this piece, which is every day, it's the first 5,000 days, like Daniel said, it's 5,000 pieces of his work. That's literally 13 years of his life that's gone into that piece of work. Uh, so when you put it in that con context, it makes sense that it would do well. The jump, when it jumped up from 13-something million to 69 million was quite surprising to me in the fact that it just moved so quickly um, and so high. But yeah, I mean, I agree with Daniel there that, like, the, the, the amount of work he put in here is, is insane. I mean, the guy's been doing it before. He was posting daily work before... Instagram was even a thing, right? He's been putting the work out all the time and he's never, ever missed a single day of his work. Now, that makes this piece of work, I think, particularly valuable. But um, at the same time, I don't, I, I personally don't think the person who bought this, uh, this piece itself was buying it for, the, for flipping it. Although I imagine that they probably will be able to sometime in the future. Um, I do feel like this was actually somebody who just wanted to buy this bit of work. And the other thing to this as well is that you've got to remember that some of the, a lot of people in this space who are buying up NFTs are people who are buying NFTs when they first started, when they were a couple of dollars each, and have made huge, huge fortunes just buying up art and selling it, um, you know, via the, this this uh, format, right? Um, so for, for some of these uh, people, you know, 69 million to them is not actually that big. Well, I mean, it's big money, but to them, it's not. You know, they've been involved in probably had Bitcoin since the beginning. And you know what I mean? Like for them, yeah, yeah. it's kind of more of a, a privilege thing. Do you know what I mean? Like, uh, so, uh, so, I guess, so on the investment gallon, you've obviously invested in some amazing projects <laughs> like. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but um, on the on the investment side how would anyone know if it's going to go up or down in value? Have you bought, have your company been buying NFTs or is it still too early? I mean, it's, uh, you're asking the right questions, but you know, I think just to add to uh, James' point is this almost feels like a computer game, right? You, you're just looking at numbers on the computer screen. Oh, you know, uh, it's it's a little bit different to traditional artwork, right? Because you're actually earning a salary, you're buying stocks and, you know, you, 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 know, you have a hard work, right? But then, you know, in crypto, because you, uh, you know, you, you know, relatively make money easier, right? It, it, it kind of feels like a computer game. When you buy these NFTs in Parkler, I know a friend put 800 US dollars into NBA Top Shot and turned it to about 250,000 
U.S. dollars in the span of like three, four months had the private beta access um, late summer uh, last year. So, I mean, you know, you're dealing with a lot of these people who basically start from nothing and then, you know, turned into great fortune, as you mentioned, Lee. And, you know, I mean, and then, you know, you, you have these people speculating and, you know, with FOMO and all this new retail money coming in. I mean, you know, um, you know, it's 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 a space that it's definitely wor- uh, uh, worth looking at. Uh, from my perspective, I do collect a little bit of NFTs, but uh, you know, it's I collect works that I feel like it resonates with me. I think it, in the space is uh, you just have to be very very careful because back in 2017, I see the same froth, I see the same FOMO, I see the same, you know, this you know, really euphoria type feeling. So, I mean, you know, when you're going into the space, especially as an investor, right, you know, you, you should buy things that you like so that if there is a big crash or like a downturn, then, you know, at least you stick, you're stuck with something that you like. Uh, for our artists, right, this really gives an opportunity to really have direct reach with their audience. And this is the first time in decades or even the history where artists, even after they sell let's say, album or memorabilia or something that is worth something and they get aftermarket sales. This is traditionally cannot be done before. So at least you get, you're getting 10% of whatever people trade after that. So there's a vital interest where NFT artists maintain a community so that they get passive income even after selling their product. And this is unlikely very, very different to uh, traditionally. Yeah, very true, man. And obviously, you know, being musicians, everyone knows about community and how important it is. This all comes back to the same thing, really. If you want to launch an NFT, are you going and, you know, making music? Are you on socials every day? Are you building your community outside of just NFTs? Um, So if you just joined the room, we've been talking about what NFTs are, where musicians can start when looking into what they can do as NFTs and how it's going to change the music industry over the next 10 years. Um, Before... I go into what Ditto's doing on our new products and stuff and how that's going to help everyone. Does anyone have any questions um, from me or any of the speakers? Uh, uh, quickly, Lee. Uh, so no. I think NF, hashtag NFT music talk on Twitter for any questions, if there's like an overload, um, just to kind of direct people there as well. Yeah. Yeah. Do that or stick your hand up now or, or hold your peace. Um, well, that's great, man. Everyone knows exactly what NFTs are in the room. That's amazing. So you're doing better than me. Uh, all right, no questions so far. Okay, anything any of the guests want to add? Anything that the audience, um, you know, of musicians gen- generally might need, you know, where they can go and start? Can I add a question? I think uh, just like in the musician realm, I think a lot of people are thinking about like, what is this and how, can, how, how they can get involved? And I think really the question is, what is the process for a musician who wants to release or utilise old, older music to, you know, turn it into an NFT and, and potentially get paid from that in the future. Yeah, sure. So, James or Dan, we, we kind of did cover this. I mean, we're going to talk about what they can do regarding their copyright um, and selling that via Blue Box. Um, I guess a lot of people don't know how to mint an NFT or what sites to go on. James, we spoke before about yes, the, yeah. those two websites they can go and apply for to, to sell their to sell the NFT on or mint them, if you want That's to give right. that information. I mean... Yeah, yeah, of course. There are actually loads of platforms out there for minting NFTs. Um, 
but a lot of them require you to set up what's called a MetaMask wallet, and uh, then you have to mint it and do all the sort of the technical side of it yourself. Even though some of them make it quite easy once you've got there, like Rarible, for example, um, it's still a little bit of a learning curve that takes a bit to kind of figure out, oh, how do I do this? How do I buy Ethereum to be able to, to mint it and all the rest of it? So there is kind of some barriers at the moment to doing that, but there are actually a couple of platforms worth looking at, uh, like Super Rare and Nifty Gateway, where you can apply. And if they accept you as an artist, they will actually handle all the technical side of it for you. Um, so you don't have to worry about setting up wallets and all the rest of it. As James, as on that, do you think they will get buyers outside of their own community very easily? Are there people, how do they engage? Actually, Danielle, we spoke about this earlier, but just if you wanted to remind everyone again how they can go and engage with people outside of their fan base to, to obviously sell their NFTs to. Yeah, um, I think it's, it is kind of rare for people to buy work if they don't know of the artist in some way, have seen their tweets or have seen them in a chat or um know somebody else who has the work or something um definitely recommend um even if you just find um an artist that has similar art to you you know join their communities or um some of these chats for uh some of the collectible projects are are really active and um you know you kind of want to find something that matches your style so people have similar taste if you can so um you know starting with twitter and um, looking through like Nifty Gateway posts and some of the artists they they tweet about, and um, it's kind of a rabbit hole that you kind of have to do yeah. some digging to find your place. But once you find your place, like it's so worth it. Yeah, and that is the thing. You, you know, we, we're we're going to try and give as much information as we can today, but this is really just direction of where you can go and start to research it. I mean, I've, I've been working in crypto for what four years, and I, I, it's every day still just changes everything changes every day still and it's really hard to keep up to me um wendy did you uh do you have a question Were you yeah i did yeah yeah i had a question um i mean what an interesting conversation and i suppose you covered the section about minting um and you know in the traditional world that we're all used to um i suppose part of your team or someone who an artist might hire when things start getting serious to look after your IP would then be a lawyer. But of course, in in crypto, we've got smart contracts. So I guess I wanted to ask the speakers whether they've got something to add about the smart contracts and whether that's also covered by these platforms. And then I just wanted to kind of plant a seed as well about the fact that it's it's entirely possible to collaborate with visual artists should you just have music? Um, I mean, I, uh, I've spoken to a couple of artists out there, visual artists who are looking for, um, for music. So that's in, an entire possibility to have a look through and browse the artworks, artworks without any, any music attached and possibly collaborate with other artists on platforms. Yeah, that's a great point, Wendy. Um, and on the first question, uh, who wants to take that one? I'll, I'll throw it out to everyone to take it. Gallon, you first. Yeah, sure. Hey, Wendy, I think just a couple of points, right? I, I mean, like, you know, uh, the beauty about uh, NFTs, it's it's fully immutable and it's, you know, it's on the blockchain and, you know, there's only one identical copy of each uh, artwork, right? I guess the unique selling proposition in terms of monitoring NFT 
is I think a few things. I think we've seen a trend where the initial NFTs that really started is the Crypto Kitties. Okay, now obviously you have the cyber likes of Cyberpunks and you know and and the stuff like that. But it's just like a fully digital avatar, and that's it. You just trade, and then uh, you would see some added functionalities that would say, look, you know, you can. You know, you can you know breed with a cat, and you get this new uh, NFT token that's uh, minted, right? But we've seen a trend towards a blend of physical as well as a digital collectible. The reason why, in my perspective, is Beeple has done so well is because they did a nifty marketplace. I think last December, I I missed out because there was so much FOMO back then, and uh, he only sold for like less than a thousand US dollars. And I I believe that was the first NFT that I saw, and that I've came across that had a digital token uh, that had a picture, and then that linked with a physical real life asset, which is if you redeem the token, people、uh, will actually send you a box, and it came with a certificate, it came with a token, it came with his hair. Now he you know, and you know it's something that's super super novel, right? So we've seen this huge、uh, shift towards you know a blended mix of saying okay we're getting digital and we're getting like physical, and which comes to your point, Wendy, is this allows for people to actually collaborate with、uh, different visual artists now. So not only you can sell your music NFT, but the album artwork can also be bundled、uh, either physically or even digitally, and this opens up to many many different opportunities. That's wow,、amazing. that's an excellent point. Yeah, is that everything, Wendy? All good. Yeah,、thanks. Wendy, head of Ditto South Africa, by the way, doing a doing a doing a bang up job there. So、uh, yeah, thanks, Wendy.、Um, yeah, thanks, Gallant. So I think we should have covered it、uh, just before we move. Any? Oh, Taylor's in the room too now.、Um, all right, cool. All right, Taylor, I'm going to put you on in about ten. We're just going to talk about、um, Blue Box for ten minutes. We've James and then Vital. Is there any more questions? Nope. Okay, James. Sorry, sorry. I'll, I'll, I'll no, no, you, take your time, mate. Don't worry about me. <laughs> yeah, Thomas asks: Is there any way for us to re,、uh, us to reach us retail investors to invest into Opulus at this stage, utilizing the NFT space? I believe.、Uh, not yet, but、um, we, we're still doing like private and.、Uh, Non-public stuff at the moment, but there will be, man. We will be announcing a launch very, very soon.、Um, so don't worry. But thank you for the interest.、Um, okay.、Uh, okay. I've seen, I've seen Taylor in the room. I'll invite you up to speak, and then、uh, what we'll do now, then James. I think yes. People, we're going to talk now.、Um, hey Taylor, how you doing, bro? Hey, what's up, brother? How you feeling? I'm great. Great. Awesome.、Uh, cold in Chicago. Yeah. Is it? Oh, I should、Snowing, be laughing,、yeah. but, I'm in, but I'm in Brazil, and it's, it's all of it. Oh yeah, I know you're laughing. <laughs> I, I I left the day they closed the borders, so I, I legally can't go back now. So I'm I'm happy with that. I'm sure England is not the worst thing. <laughs> <laughs> it could be worse.、Eh? All right, so so everyone,、uh, Taylor's a really successful、um, artist in his own right. He also manages、uh, Chance the Rapper, and there's a bunch of stuff in the copyright space. So we're really excited to have Taylor on. Actually, if you want to just give me give him an introduction, if you want Taylor. Yeah, definitely. So, hey, you guys,、um, thanks for having me. My name is Taylor Bennett. I'm from Chicago, Illinois. I hail from the south side of the city.、Um, as my good friend Lee mentioned, 
you know, I'm an artist in my own right. I've done everything from Good Morning America to Jimmy Fallon, Steve Colbert, Jimmy Kimmel, Wild and Out. Um, the NBA All-Star Games last year was the ambassador. But I also um, am very, very heavily set in the business world as well. So, um, you know, I control, manage my own career, but as well as Chance the Rapper, who's my older brother. Um, and for anybody that might know the history of Chance, I as well am an independent artist and we have been independent our whole careers, um, you know, and through that, you know, we've learned and, and I'm pretty sure in a lot of ways, um, you know, I won't say it about myself, but definitely for my brother, his impact on the music industry, um, you know, has changed it as, as so many of us kind of know it. So, you know, I'm very pleased to be with you guys today. Um, I know that, you know, this is a conversation that I think, you know, I'm sure we've all been talking about in some way or the other for years. So I'm very happy to be here. I'm glad that Lee has brought me in on this. Um, and thank you very much. Amazing, man. And yeah, and congrats on all your, um, all your solo work, bro. Uh, okay, James. So I'm going to get Zoo on as well in about five minutes time. And we're going to talk about the upcoming first ever music copyright NFT cell, which is hugely exciting. Um, so now I'm just going to, James is going to ask me some questions about, I guess, the sale, what Blue Box does, what Oculus does, and the new platforms that I'm launching specifically to help musicians launch NFTs on the platform. So um, I'll make sure it's uh, it's it's interesting, I hope. Go on. <laughs> all right, cool. Nice one, Lee. Thanks. Yeah, so I guess the, the great thing is that all of, you know, all of the things we've been talking about, lead up to obviously blue box and what you're doing um and one of the things we mentioned and talked about earlier was about the idea of um ip and copyright and obviously one of the things that's been a big question surrounding nfts and the space right now is the legal side of it you know um you can buy a bit of artwork on there but it's not quite the same as in the art world where you have the contracts that have all the sort of who owns the rights to the image and all the rest of it. And the same goes for music as well. Um, and so, you know, tell us what is Blue Box doing? Because it's going to be solving that issue, right? Yeah. So the biggest issue right now, I mean, it's not even an issue, but everyone is buying NFTs. Um, I'm sure a lot of people saw the Kings of Leon came out and they were selling NFTs, but you're not really, you're not really getting anything with it. You're getting an NFT of a piece of artwork by the Kings of Leon, or you're getting an NFT of uh, a lifetime concert ticket. So what they're doing is 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 representing an asset on an NFT, which is exactly what they should be used for. But you know, NFTs aren't a new thing; they've been around for three years, and there's something most of us in in the uh, in the crypto world have been using already. The problem with selling music artwork is, you know, what do actually what do people actually have? And in a few months' time, when all the craze dies down and people stop spending 70 million on, you know, NFTs, where do we go from there? And, you know, it's looking forward, looking forward to, to when that happens and, and saying, OK, well, what could we actually sell then? So what Blue Box is doing, Taylor and Zoo have one of their songs off, Zoo's is off an upcoming album. So Taylor's is, you know, also off an upcoming release. And what you can actually buy as the NFT is a part of their copyright, which is huge. Now, the problem with trying to buy copyright at the moment is it's not very liquid. It's not something anyone can go and do. You know, a ditto, we buy copyrights here and there. And if I'm going to spend half a million 
uh, on a copyright, it's probably going to cost me 80,000 to 100 just in the legal fees to organize it and do everything. And that's the world of selling copyrights. And there's absolutely no way that someone can come in and buy a tenth of someone's copyright. But with Blue Box and the sale that we're doing, anyone can sell, uh, you know, down to half a percent of their copyright. And that person will be able to get monthly revenue the same as they would as an artist would get it. And then we're building a copyright exchange, which means you'll be able to go and sell that copyright later on for more money or you know less money. It doesn't go very well. Um, and then eventually over the next 10 years, I was saying before, you'll be able to sell it for a piece of a house because there's going to be many other assets that are coming into the NFT space. Because NFT is, is like the perfect way to represent an asset. Every time someone buys it or it gets traded, it will update on the blue box system. So there's no need for any lawyers. It's really quick and easy. And then it goes on to the exchange. The other thing that we're doing is called an IRO, which is an initial release platform. So it's kind of like an ICO was back in 2017, where a project will be ready to go. And then it engages a community to see the value of it. There'll be We'll have our own community within Blue Box. Um, people have to stake tokens to be inside the community. And then when a new release comes out, then they will be able to go and buy a part of that new release before it comes out. You oh, can also wow. buy... Yeah, and you can all, you know, you will be able to sell parts of your artwork or whatever else you want to sell. But what we're saying is this will give you the real value of what your music's worth, not going to a record label and then, you know, say taking 90% of your copyrights and you don't see a check. This will give you the real value of what the actual crowd think about your copyright. And if you're a new artist, it's saying, okay, well, I'm doing this, this, and this. And hopefully people will want to then invest in your career because they see see a progression in it. And whether you like it or not, this is the way everything is going to go over the next 10 years. So we're building those tools now. Um, for yeah. that. And I mean, that's... Yeah, go on, sorry. sorry. No, sorry, I was just going to say, that sounds really exciting. The idea that you can basically crowdfund your music um, and have, and, and like you're saying, liquidity, that's provided by the the, the NFT, the, the buyers, right? So... Uh, so that market that's not liquid at the moment becomes suddenly liquid because we're injecting the capital into it before, you know, at such an early stage, right? Yeah, exactly. Um, and like I said, liquidity is is a really big point of that. Um, actually, Foza has a question. Uh, actually, Foza, if you want to hang on, I'll just, um, I'll get Big Zoo in the chat as well. Um, I guess we can hear from Taylor on this as well. I mean, what do you think, Taylor, about the future of, you know, copyright ownership? And obviously, like you said, Chance is obviously the greatest example ever of what you can do independently and yourself. So how, how do you kind of think this, this, this is going to change in this market? Well, you know, Lee, um, and I'm glad you asked me that, you know, I've, I've sat on very many stages in the past couple of years. I know we've had a lot of different conversations, um, not about NFTs beforehand, but just blockchain. Um, and, you know, what, what power that really had in terms of the music industry. And I can speak from my own experience, you know, as an independent artist um, and any artist, you know, it's it, especially, you know, um, in the States, in America, most likely you belong with the PRO, a publishing rights organization, um, you know, of some sort or someone that is collecting and administering your royalties for you because, um, you know, it is um, impossible you know, to, to really track everything down until now, until blockchain. Um, and I think, you know, in the music industry, we've heard, we've seen Prince, um, you know, we've seen Michael Jackson, we've seen Kanye West, we've seen almost, you know, so many great artists, the Beatles, um, and, you know, we can go on and on that, you know, have entered agreements 
that have altered, you know, their financial um, yeah, ability so as, as a whole. Yeah, so true, yeah. So, you know, I think that, you know, with, with NFTs, with Blue Box, with this platform, not only does it put the power in the hands of the artists to create, like you guys said, and put percentages on royalties and actually trade their own work, but it also allows, which I think is amazing, them to get their hands on investments before the project even launches. Um, and I think that giving that kind of control and that kind of transparency in any business, and I think that's why we're all, you know, really so, it doesn't matter if it's just music for us, it is music, but, you know, it, this, is, this is the next level. And again, I mean, I said it in a quote today, but this will change publishing rights organizations, um, the, the music industry, and independent artists' ability and reach as the way that we know it forever. So, Blue yeah, Box. It's so future. true, man. It's, it's so true. And, and that's the thing. Once you get past the initial hype of what NFTs are doing right now, and it all comes down, what do we have left? And then if you realize that NFTs actually, when blockchain came in, when Bitcoin came in and, you know, and it goes up and there's a huge, you know, hysteria, then it goes back down and everyone says it's dead. But all the way along, <clears throat> you're seeing loads more, loads of companies come in and utilize it for things. And what we're going to see is NFTs actually being part of our life and people slowly building on them. So this is the fact that you're all here, you know, means you're all pioneers in this space because you're here to, you know, learn about it and do things about it already. Um, I'm just waiting for Big Zoo to jump in. He's not in the room yet. And then I'll, I'll go to Foza's question now. My good friend Foza, come on. Hopefully that's worked. Hello. Hello. How you doing? Hi. Hi, Lee. Hi, everyone. How's everybody doing today? Good evening. So in interesting conversation. Yeah. Um, first of all, I'm not particularly excited when I think was the leader said, like, you, you're not going to leave lawyers anytime soon with the smart contract. So that threatens <laughs> my job. So I'm not particularly excited, but okay. <laughs> um, but I think my question goes to, you know, I'm from, I'm from Nigeria and, you know, in Africa, I'm, kind of worried about the recognition of law you know and a lot of what's happening right now you know our laws don't recognize this and uh so i think my question will go to when copyrights you know enter into the nft space what are the laws does it function on that separate set of laws or would african artists now have to register the, these copyrights in 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 countries that are being record that recognizes the crypto the, all the the blockchain technology and uh, as blue box figured that out because i i figured that you guys would want to also function in africa so yeah was that for me i'm sorry uh i think anyone Lee, Taylor, yeah, it's, it's fine. Maybe I'll I'll take a question, right? So at uh, at you know at my work on a, on the daily basis, I work with a lot of regulators, uh, different. Uh, you know, I, I work with central banks, and I work on on the crypto perspective, right? And you know, I can give it maybe you know maybe not a definitive answer, but you know, I mean, this is such a new industry, and you know, regulators haven't caught up 
you know, you've you've seen already is the regulators haven't really caught up with DeFi and all these new trends, and not you know yet alone NFTs, right? So it's I think it's going to be uh, it's going to be a long term approach in terms of how countries should actually regulate this. But in 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 my perspective, is this is no different to collecting stamps, right? Or like collecting you know uh, Pokemon cards and stuff like that. Uh, NFTs is basically the same. It's just for the first time in history, is all of these collectibles are on on the internet art, are basically digital. So, I would assume is is you know if they do decide to regulate NFTs, um, then why don't they regulate uh, you know po- trading of Pokemon cards or even you know post stamps, right? So I, I think it's it's just the you just have to bend around the concept of okay you know NFTs. Yes, it's a new thing, but compared to traditionally where you actually just collect stuff it, there's actually no major difference it's just a new thing wrapped around this really new concept i i, I just quickly Fazer. so for what i'm building at the moment it's not 100 legally binding only because as as Gannon was saying we haven't caught up with it yet so we are still doing real world applications legally alongside with what we're doing because there's still um you know questions over how legally binding smart contracts are now over the next few years that those questions will all be gone because we'll see more functionality come into it with blue box every time you register on a smart contract it does a legal contract alongside it so i guess we're kind of navigating between blockchain and the real world at the moment until all those you know holes are filled as we move forward so don't worry you'll have work for a few more years but i'll I'll get <laughs> all right, thanks. All right, thank, you. thank you. All right, big zoos in the room. Well done. How are you, man? How did Liverpool do on the weekend? Um, why do we have to talk about this? I'm a Tottenham fan, I had a bad day yesterday. Yeah, that's true. We're playing <laughs> right now, it's no, no. Oh, yeah, well, thank you for, for tuning in. Um, do you want to give everyone an introduction, Zoo? Um, you know, to, to what you do and who you are? Yeah, my name's Big Zoo, uh, Grime MC. I'm also a TV presenter, <laughs> and I'm yeah, a DJ big... as well. Yeah, man. I'm a DJ as well. And what um, you know, I know you're kind of you're quite new to the to the NFT space, along with a lot of other people. We've talked about it a lot, and obviously we're doing this thing coming up. Um, without being too technical, how you know how how important do you think you know things like this are to the music industry? You're an independent artist as well. Yeah. Um, and, you know, being in the independent space, how um, how much time do you, you know, do you spend learning about this stuff and how where do you think it'll, it should go? I mean, it's, I think it's it's kind of interesting how it's like popped up now. Obviously, it's been a thing, but now it's kind of taken over when you're seeing the sales of things kind of come through. And I don't know, as an artist, you know, you're always looking at ways to kind of like expand the way you can make money off your off your music. So if there's, a, if there's another kind of like avenue that you didn't really understand and could couldn't really look at especially as an independent artist is i think it's i think it's very important to kind of dive into these things rather than kind of be ignorant towards them and be like oh it doesn't make sense so i'm not going to understand it i think that's how i've kind of looked at things before it's like if it doesn't make sense i'm not even going to try and understand it whereas with this you know obviously you you being my friend and someone that i work with obviously that's a that's a it's an easy way to motivate yourself but at the same time i can't just rely on you and telling me all the things because you're still learning yourself so it's kind of like a it's kind of like a thing like once once i kind of heard about it and saw what can come from it especially when it comes from your own art now i think that's what's the greatest thing about it as an artist that you're not changing anything you don't have to make anything new you know i mean you can of course you can but it's technically just using what you already have you know 
Yeah, amazing, man. And you've obviously retained all your copyrights since the beginning, like Taylor has. Has that been um, has that been difficult in this climate? You, I guess you know, major labels trying to change you or tell you tell you what to do. Yeah, it's, it's, it's I mean, obviously, when you're up against other people who are, who 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 have these kind of like big machines behind them, it makes you think, oh, what am I doing with myself? And is it worth going on your own? But you know, you have to work at it and kind of believe in it. And everything's a process, and everyone has their different journey. But you know, I'm lucky. I'm in a place that music is not the only thing I do, so I'm able to yeah. kind of have fun fun with my music and not rely on it just solely for income you know i'm able to have fun with it but also make bread from it as well what about you taylor obviously you know i know you've dealt with majors and you've had offers and stuff how important is it being stay independent and what do you think um the difference has been in, in in what you create really do you think you would have had to change change things if you'd have signed a deal yeah definitely um you know one of the biggest things or one of my most successful projects 2018 it was called be yourself um, and it was a year, it was released a year after I had just come out um, and the LGBTQ community is openly bisexual. And the, the whole kind of vibe of the project was expression um, and freedom of, you know, thought and speech um, and being comfortable with yourself, um, no matter what that meant. You know, if that was your ethnicity, if that was your, your, your sex preference, if that was your gender or your class, or where you were from. Um, and that project for me is the reason why, you know, I got to go on Good Morning America and, you know, why I got to do a lot of, a lot of big things came from that project. But there's no doubt in my mind that I was already, you know, on a very successful path. I, uh, my prior project that had artists like Lil Yachty and uh, Mike Will made it and, um, some some big some big stars, Kyle, um, and I know if I was with a label, the way that they view everything is from a business aspect. So you know, if you say you know we're making money now, but I want to switch everything up, most likely I'm you know nine times out of ten the business is going to say no. Um, and you've seen that with Prince, you know, when he had you know, slave written on his face. And, you know, he was going back and forth with the music industry about ownership and control. Um, and a big thing that, you know, Prince talked about, you know, was the black box theory, um, which I also think blockchain has the ability to kind of defeat. But the purpose is, and the point is, being independent gave me creative control and it gave me the ability to move my business and my career in the ways that I wanted to move. Um, and I think that's the most important for any business, not just, you know, music. Yeah, very true, man. And, you know, it's hard, isn't it? I think people think it's the same as taking investment in a company early on. It gives you a little bit of a bump, but then suddenly you have a bunch of people in a boardroom telling you what you have to do. Um, exactly. And even on, you know, ditto, I've never taken investment and people can't believe it, but it was just That's a lot of you guys <laughs> it was it was just when it's, it's, it's i don't want to be told you know what decisions to make by people that aren't involved in my business every day because as you said they just look at a bunch of figures and say we'll do this and that's that's not how it works and especially being creative that's not how it works at all um, never how it works you're right yeah all right everyone well look we've got one more question uh don easy all right well no he's gone um, his areas all right bro we've got Three minutes for your question here. So, hey guys, a picture of some potatoes. What's up there? Nah, that's Akara. It's uh, Nigerian. Is a Nigerian snack. Snack. 
Father, anyway. knows, like, father knows how I feel about the Nigerian Jollof. I'm gone <laughs> Jollof all the way. And she hates it. Oh, no, Lee. I'm asking someone you. Anyway, guys. Yes, it's been lovely just listening in. My name is Don. Uh, I'm calling from Accra right now. And I just wanted to ask, uh, this is an open question. Like, I'm, like if if one if like an independent artist wanted to put out an album and um wanted to do this raise wanted to offer like fans uh sort of like equity in this new album and wanted to do a raise that is just like doing an advance so say put some typical valuation on it and then say um i'm i'm giving out maybe 50% to my fans who would then buy uh, via NFT, how would do? Do you guys have any thoughts on how one would typically structure this this kind of raise, basically? Yeah, so so I guess that's what we we've, we've been talking about today. And Zoo and Taylor are both doing this on Thursday, um, and it's the first time anyone in the world's ever done it. So I guess there's not many thoughts of how exactly to do it at the moment because Blue Box is launching a platform to to have like a launch pad that will help you with all of that stuff. Um, how are you feeling, Zoo? Feeling confident? Think people will be wanting to... I, I guess, you know, how does it feel, really, giving, giving control of, you know, some of your work straight to the public? Because, it's you know, it's never been done before. Yeah, it's, it's a weird one. Um, <laughs> I don't know. It's, it's something like, when you when you look at it, it's the same thing, isn't it? When, you, when you're giving away ownership of your music to a label, or something, you're giving it to people at the end of the day. So it's still the same thing. It's just the people that you're giving it to now be your fans it could be anyone it could be someone that believes in your thing it could be someone that wants to go to the end of you to, of your career rather than just a label who just want to eat off you straight away you know so it's one of those things and it's it's a new avenue and it's exciting and i think test being able to test the waters and give, give the people something sick for them to actually feel like yeah i got ownership within my one of my favorite artists like that's that's a whole new aspect of music and i'm excited to kind of delve into it yeah great answer man how are you feeling taylor Definitely. No, definitely. Great, man. I think, um, you know, I think uh, I'd probably have to agree with Zoo. I think that's that's probably the best method and probably the best way, um, you know, to kind of bring bring everybody in. I'm feeling great, man. I'm very excited. Amazing. Um, yeah. 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 It's a, it's a big celebration in my house. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. Yes, sir. Exactly. And, and, you know, for anyone listening to this, look, Eventually, you will be able to sell, maybe you'll want to sell 1% of your copyright. Maybe you'll want to sell a mechanical royalty. Maybe you'll want to sell, uh, you know, rights to your streaming for the next, for six months or one month or anything. You'll be able to sell anything quickly. And that is the beauty of what an NFT is because it represents an asset on the blockchain that you can change easily um, without the lawyers. Father, <laughs> no, he's joking. But, um, but yeah, but you know, it's it's going to change a lot of things. And that's the one thing I want everyone really to take away from today is that aside from what hype is coming, just get in there. You're all really early still um, and work out really cool ways that people haven't done of using what's going on at the moment, because that's how you get, you know, the first users of MySpace became celebrities because they, they worked out how to use it. So. So, yeah, man, so we've got to wrap up now. Um, thank you to all the guests. Uh, Danielle, if you want to just give everyone your information, thank you for your... Sorry, the last section wasn't um, so, much so techy, but thank you for your thoughts. Yeah, for sure. Um, if anybody just wants to follow me on Twitter, it's the same thing, just NFT Ignition. I also do have a site, uh, nftbasics.com, that's 
explains just basically how to mint on some of the different platforms, what ETH is, what a wallet is, like uh, more for beginners. So if you guys don't know where to start, that's a really good place. And you can email me right through there if you have more questions that weren't answered. Thank you so much, Daniel. You're amazing. Thank you. Uh, James, I'm, actually, you're doing another, do you want to tell, you're doing another crypto um, clubhouse straight after this, aren't you? I am, yeah, guys. I'm going to be straight on to another another um, uh, chat about NFTs, um, DeFi, Bitcoin in general. That's uh, going to be uh, literally starting in a minute. Um, if you want to follow uh, follow me, it's at James M. Stoffard. And also, please do follow um, our training group, our actual channel, which is at Crypto Big Media on Twitter as well, please, guys. That'd be really great. Thanks, James. Thank Gallen. you, Lee. Yeah, thanks, bro. Gallen, you want to give your details? Yeah, sure. So you can follow me at Gallon uh, Lokun at um, on Twitter, or you can just follow me here. I, there's my Twitter uh, account is linked on my Clubhouse account. So uh, thank you very much for joining, guys. Now, thank you, bro. And what I'll do, I'll just create a tweet afterwards with everyone's information in it anyway, so everyone can follow. Uh, cool, Taylor. Thank you again, man. It was uh, some great information for everyone. Yeah, my guy. Thank you so much for bringing me in on this. I couldn't be more excited. The once in a lifetime opportunity, buddy. Thank you. Yeah, man. Um, do you want to just give everyone your socials? Just so if someone to follow you and stuff. Yeah, definitely. Make sure to follow me, you guys, on Facebook, Instagram, um, and Twitter at Taylor Bennett. You guys can also add me on LinkedIn at Taylor Bennett as well. Um, thank you guys very much. Cheers, bro. Faza, if anyone needs legal advice at a reasonable cost. Um yeah, you guys can reach me, uh, Foza Doza, anywhere, um, Twitter, Instagram. I work closely with Lee, you know, and we, we do great things. And I just tweeted something at Lee right now. So oh, Lee, I'm, I'm okay. out, Is it about Jollof again? No, it's not Jollof this time. I just I'm, put I'm, you on the spot, Lee. You yeah. and Wendy. So, yeah, go answer your tweets. Okay. I've got to say, Foza is one of the most knowledgeable people in the publishing space the legal space that I've, I've ever met so definitely do give her a follow um and she's always answering questions online um zoo i'm sure everyone knows your right. social. yeah man uh, it's big zoo at it's big zoo you're done now and sierra leone and jollof is the best shot of all time i don't know what you're like talking about <laughs> well, i need to try it uh, just, uh, salon yeah we did it <laughs> yeah man this is an international cup speaking man so i've got i've got to listen to that I would, but yeah, big <laughs> Thank you to everybody, all the guests. Um, you can hit me up on my Twitter, it's just C.O. Lee Parsons, if you've got any more questions about NFTs. Um, and yeah, check out Blue Box, check out Oculus, and uh, thank you again. I'm going to close the room. Uh, it was amazing, thanks.